Before we get started with today's episode, I just want to remind you that our episodes are brought to you by one of my personal brands, Hemp Daddy's Therapeutics. We are an organic CBD oil company. We produce full-spectrum CBD products that are certified USDA organic. You can find out more information at hempdaddies.com. That's just H-E-M-P-D-A-D-D-Y-S.com. And you can use coupon code TTRP for 15% off of your order. Anyway, let's get to the show. Welcome to That Trail Running Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Simpson. I'm the founder and owner of Hemp Daddy's Therapeutics and co-founded Bearded Brothers Energy Bars. I'm passionate about entrepreneurship, trail running, and the outdoors. In this podcast, I interview exciting entrepreneurs from the trail running and outdoor community. But the one thing all our guests have in common is they're passionate about the outdoors. Now let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Caleb Simpson here with That Trail Running Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Um, today's episode is with Eric Stanley of Trail Roots. Before we get started, I just want to apologize for the delay of getting episodes up and running. Um, this has been a little bit more difficult than I anticipated. I kind of started this as a passion product project on top of Hemp Daddies, which is my full-time gig, HempDaddies.com. We're a full-spectrum organic CBD oil company. In addition to that, I kind of started another little side project called I Love Trails. So you can check that out over at ilovetrails.com. And um, my plan for that site is to kind of build out a content site related to trail running and hiking and camping. And there's a Facebook group as well called I Love Trails. And that's just to kind of help people. My intent behind this is to help people um, be able to share the, the trips they've been on and also help each other plan their trips. So let's say you're going to the Guadalupe Mountains like I recently did. You can um, post on there and get more information about where to camp, where to stay, um, what trails to go on, just things of that nature. My intention in the I Love Trails community is for that to just be something for an outlet for people to share things they're passionate about and help each other. And so in addition to that, of course, I've got Hemp Daddies and I got um, the, um, the, trail running, the That Trail Running Podcast, which is what we're doing right now. And so my I got a full plate um, and I just got back from a week-long vacation with my family. We went to the Guadalupe Mountains and we also went to um, Cloudcroft, New Mexico. So it was really awesome to escape the Texas heat and get up to the cool mountain air for a little bit. But anyway, without further ado, um, let me um, introduce you to Eric Stanley. If you don't know who Eric Stanley is, he's the founder and owner of Trail Roots, which is a running community here in Austin, Texas. Um, I first met Eric when he was working for Rogue Running. He was a buyer at their store over on the east side of Austin where their store used to be located. Back when I ran Bearded Brothers Energy Bars, um, Eric was one of the first people to pick up the Bearded Brothers Bars and carry it in their store. Um, and so I've known Eric for a while now, and uh, he's got an amazing um, trail running group. He's also a coach. And so a lot of people don't kind of realize like a running coach is it's a business. And so it's more than just like sitting down and coaching people like just like any other business. They got to worry about how to acquire customers and how to retain customers and how to survive this crazy time of coronavirus. And we talk a little bit about that in the episode. Um And of course, you'll learn more about trail routes and what they're all about, and just a little bit about running coaching in general. So without further ado, here's the episode, um, the interview with Eric Stanley of Trail Routes. Eric, welcome to the show. 
Thanks, Caleb. Really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to come on and talk. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Um, so but before we get into um, your actual business trail routes, um, I want to know more about like how you got into running. So I know you ran at UT. I kind of assume you probably ran in high school too, but you know, when, when did that bug first bite? How did you get into running? Um, you know, really, I've it's kind of been since I was a little kid. I remember running in elementary school during field day and I was just pretty competitive and, you know, I played soccer um, competitively and or for club growing up in um, elementary school, middle school. And then, you know, was always kind of played outside midfield and just would run up and down the field. Um, and even younger, I remember, you know, my parents divorced and I would go visit my mom in the summer um, in Las Vegas. And we would, you know, I think I was in maybe third, fourth or fifth grade and we would go for a five mile run out um towards the mountains and back and so we would just listen to country music and uh i'm I'm sure we had walkmans or something back then (laughs) but um you know and that was just something we did and so it was i really enjoyed those longer runs with my mom and then you know it's kind of running the family my my brother and sister both uh, ran in high school and uh, my grandpa um was training for i think it was a marathon i'm not sure it was half or a full um before he died when i was pretty young um so so yeah that's that's kind of it and then i got into middle school and i started competing um you know in the mile and the two mile and i ran um a sub five minute mile my i think it was in seventh grade and so that was pretty cool and my coaches were all started talking about well you can get a scholarship if you keep training and so (laughs) i just kind of kept that in my mind and um you know, I just kind of kept, kept working and I was, you know, high middle school and high school, I was one of the best, um, in, in our district and then in our state. And, um, you know, we just had a lot of good other runners to compete against. And so that was kind of what it was about was just, I was already talented and just how did I continue to build off of that? Mm-hmm. Nice. And so, and, and so did you, and you went to, so you ran, is it, was it track at UT or is it cross country? Uh, both. You typically are, uh, if you're going to run, you know, everyone runs track and then some of the distance guys will do cross country as well. So, okay, so yeah, nice, we did nice. both of those from 2004 to 2008. Okay. And, and did you grow up in Austin or did you end up in Austin? No, I, you, you, yeah, I came here for school. I had, I ran at, I mean, I grew up in the suburbs of Houston. So in spring or, uh, Klein, I went to Klein high school just North of Houston. And then um, kind of was deciding between university to university of Virginia and UT, but, um, I really liked, um, the coach that was recruiting me and, and then I liked the team. Um, and we had a big recruiting class as well here on my freshman year with, um, you know, it was a bunch of high school studs, like, you know, definitely Leo Manzano, Jake Morris, Kyle Miller. Um, and who else we eventually got, um, guys like Brian Sullivan out of the Woodlands and Jacob Hernandez from Tomball. So we just had a bunch of, um, a bunch of fast guys. So it was people I had been running against that were all going, coming to Texas. So. Oh, very cool. Very nice. Um, so yeah, so you have, so you've had a lot of running accomplishments and you know, at, at UT or NCAA all American, 
And more recently, you've set a course record at Cactus Rose a few years ago in the 50 milers with a time of seven hours and 14 minutes, I believe. And and I think that course record still stands today. Is that correct? Um, I think so. I haven't, you know, I haven't run. Yeah, it I think it did. I, I pulled it up and I think it still stands, <laughs> I, uh, which is pretty cool. While, I was, I was racing every year there, whether it was, yeah, I, yeah. I really liked the 25 K cause mm-hmm. you know, you get done in a few hours or an hour and a half and then you're, uh, you can hang out and then you get the rest of the day to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I started doing some ultra stuff for a little bit and, um, you know, kind of just bounce around depending on what's going on in life. And that, yeah, that was probably already like six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And I remember, I remember when you were running that cactus rose every year, cause that's around the first time I started getting into the trail running and that's, you know, one of the ways I knew you. Yeah, no, it's, I love going out there. I love, um, I like that race too, cause it's, it's an early start. And so by the time it's, you know, I think it starts at five or five thirty. So by the time the sun comes up, you know, you've already gotten a quarter of the way done. Yeah, you're, already, so, you're already, you're already almost done, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Dep- I guess, depending on your distance, but yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, so, you know, you went to UT and so, you know, and it's obvious, you know, from, you know, you're running trail routes now. So your passion for running is still there. Um, but you know, so when you were at UT, did you think you were going to be a professional runner at that time or did you just kind of not really know? It was tough. You know, like our, my focus was, um, was running and school was kind of the side thing. I mean, school was a focus, but my passion was with, with running. And so, um, you know, I didn't, I never really saw myself as a professional runner, um, you know, and so some guys continued after college to run and get paid just, you know, solely to race and run. And for some reason I couldn't really envision that. And I struggled my senior year, um, kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. Like I'm sure a lot of people do it mm-hmm. as they're transitioning from college to, to grown up life. And, um, and so I never envisioned it and it never happened. And maybe that's why. And, um, um, but I also never, it was never necessarily a passion of mine, um, to run as a professional athlete, I, you know, as my main thing, I thought, you know, I was trying to figure out how I was going to really help change the world and what I could do. And, and I, it was tough for me to figure out how running professionally would, could really make a difference. And I think that's not necessarily true. I see a lot of professional athletes making differences in their ways. Um, but for me, it was tough for me to figure that out. And so, so yeah, no, I didn't, it wasn't necessarily something I thought I was going to do. And, um, interestingly enough, I found my own way to do it, um, with trail routes. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was pretty cool. 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 So, so we'll kind of, we'll eventually lead into that. So, but, um, when I first met you, you were working at, you know, rogue running back when I ran bearded brothers and, you know, I think you brought the, the bars into the store there and that's how we'd first met. And so was rogue running your first job out of college or did you have something um, prior to that? Um, so in, like during school, I was a, um, my mom has a personal training company in Houston. And so she kind of branched out and I started working for her here in Austin. And so I did that on the side and then, but I'm trying to think, um, you know, I had some stuff during the summer, but, but mostly we were training during the summer. And so I never really had any internships or, you know, my degree was in communication, so I didn't have a necessarily like strong draw to what I was going to do with that. And so, 
you know, I graduated in 2008 and that was when the recession hit. And so mm-hmm. I eventually just something that excited me was doing like forestry and trail. Um, I wanted to be a park ranger and, but my degree in communication didn't necessarily lead to that. So I went to work for the Peace Corps or AmeriCorps doing some trail work for a little bit. And then, um, but before that, and then that was kind of short lived, mostly due to the recession. Um, I, I started working at Rogue, um, when Josh Hare was running it, who has hops and grains brewery now, but, um, so he was managing it. It was called Rogue Equipment at the time. And it was pretty young. I think it was maybe a year or two after they had opened. And then it branched off to, um, me starting to do coaching for them after Joe Persidus left. And, um, I took over the trail program for a while and then, and then shifted out, you know, so I was managing the store and running the trail program. Um, okay. There, cool. And I was there for about five years. Okay. Yeah. I could, I could remember if you had ran, ran their trail program, if you were just focusing on the road there. So, so that kind of makes a lot of sense now. Um, yeah, I was still, they had an Olympic development team. Um, so I was on that team for a while and I was running track still and road races too. So, but coaching wise, it was the trail program I was working with. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Cool. So, so were you doing, um, some kind of like personal coaching through you individually on the side when you worked at Rogue? Um, how did the transition into trail routes actually, um, happen? Yeah. So I had you know, kind of, I'd always been doing, um, kind of branched off from my personal, um, training stuff I was doing with my mom and then I was coaching with Rogue and then people had wanted me to, um, I just kind of would meet people out and about and they were interested in and personal training or private coaching. So, so rogue didn't really have anything like that set up. And I started doing that on the side. And then I, you know, for a while I started developing more clients and, um, it became, you know, a pretty good little side job for me. Oh, very cool. So, so at rogue, they, they only focused on like the group coaching aspect of things. Yeah. At that time that, you know, it was similar to a lot of other programs, which is why I eventually, um, that's not the only reason I, I split off, but, um, it's kind of a, a, a one size fits all approach. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you get the most bang for your buck with that. But I also saw when I was working there that, you know, everybody had different needs, you know, you could get a lot of people with, um, um, with kind of one general program, but what I wanted to do was build training plans for people and, um, and just sit down and talk with them and see what's going on in their lives and how I could help them focus on their running and, and improve and kind of reach the goals that they wanted. So cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about like training planes and the actual coaching aspect here in a little bit, but first, like for, for those that don't know what trail routes is, why don't you give us a little bit uh, more of just an overview of what trail routes is because it's coaching. Um, but you know what there's, I know there's other aspects of the business as well. So just tell us more. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're a, a running community and that's how I see it. And, um, we have about here in Austin, a little over a hundred members. Um, and so we provide group training runs each week, uh, mostly on the road actually. And then we have our Saturday trail run, um, mm-hmm. where we bounce around to different trails each week. And so I mark the course and then, um, you know, typically we have everyone out there right now. We're doing some of these things in smaller groups, 
Um, and then we do a road run on Sunday as well. So we have um, people training from races from like 5K to 10K to marathon to, you know, 100 mile and everything in between. So um, in about, you know, 30% of the people we build training plans for and we have a monthly consultation, talk about their goals, their struggles and um, kind of all their um, sorry, my phone was going off, but just what they're like, what they need, um, to kind of achieve their goals. So, um, we also have, um, we do some running trips throughout the year. We put on a couple of races, um, the Texas switchback. This has been our, this was going to be our sixth year. Um, we postponed it or canceled it, I guess. And then we have South, uh, Reimer Selma Gundy, which is a, um, 5k up to a 50k and that's coming up in November out at Reimer's ranch. Um, and, and yeah, really I, my focus has been developing the community side of it and helping, um, helping runners connect and helping them challenge challenge each other and push each other, um, to really get better. And, and also just to have friends with similar interests like running and, um, you know, like that's the cool thing about the trips and the races is, you get to hang out with these guys that you train with um, and really get to know them. And so it really develops that other side of the community. Yeah, that's very cool. And, and that's one of the things I appreciated about, you know, getting into trail running was just, you know, having groups of people to run with because, you know, there's so many different trails here in, in the Austin area. It's sometimes you don't even discover them unless somebody tells you about them. So yeah, it's really good to have groups like that to help you help you discover those things. Yeah. I mean, it's nuts. It's nuts. like how much, how many trails there are, you know, even in like, I was looking in South Austin and I'm, I'm on the North side, but you can just connect, you know, a bunch of five, 10, um, right. Little four or five mile routes, hop on the road for a half mile. And then you're on another trail for four or five miles. And, you know, I think you can get probably 50 miles of trail just. Oh yeah. It's unreal. There, there, there's a couple of runners that, um, I'm Katie Grafe, I think, and Bobby McDaniels in Austin, they, they're linking up stuff in the South all the time. It's pretty interesting to watch their straw and see them linking up all these different trail systems. Oh, Bobby. Yeah. Bobby, Bobby Daniels ran in the yeah. group for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, awesome dude, musician and Katie as well too, before, um, kind of in the earlier years. So yeah, yeah. That, I see I'm always running together there in South Austin. So yeah, that's cool. Yes. Yeah. So, so we got, and just to recap for everyone. So there's the group coaching side of the business. There's a personal coaching side of the business. There's a trail running aspect and there's a trips side of the business. So what, what did the kind of the evolution of that look like? You know, it seemed like it started with the personal coaching, um, in the group coaching. And then when, when did the kind of races and the trips aspect kind of start taking shape for you? Um, yeah, so the trips and it kind of started with, yeah, like you said, I think when I started, when I left Rogue, I had, I was focusing on private coaching and I knew eventually I would get the group thing going back. Um, and it took me, actually it, it, it happened quicker than I thought. Um, so I had like, you know, 10 or 12 private coaching clients that I was working with. And then, um, within a couple of months, I started a small group, you know, we had 10 or 15 people and, um, and we started out at Jack and Adams doing our runs, um, when they were still a bike shop. And, um, but then I did some of these side trips, like we would go to, um, Bandera 
and and then we started doing other races like um, uh, the Leadville half marathon, the Leadville marathon and stuff like that. Just because there were places I wanted to go, I thought they were fun and it was cool to kind of build a trip off of it and then just create these memories for people um, mm-hmm. doing things that they might not have done on their own. And so, um, so yeah, within a couple of years, it just kind of, I realized that I liked um, the group side of it, that aspect better than the private coaching. I, I realized that I thought it was better for most people um, in a group atmosphere. Um, and I think the private coaching is still important, but I I see that as like how to get someone off their feet and um, comfortable with their, um, with their training. And then I also realized like there's some people that that's all they're going to ever want to do is the private coaching. So we just adjusted um, to make that work for us and for them. Um, so I realized that, private coaching you have you know like with the group if i needed to go out of town i could always find um another coach to help um cover for me and it wasn't like Mm -hmm. i was losing all my income for that week you know or something like that so yeah yeah it kind of just really worked out and even now with like um with with covid19 happening um you know because i've i think i've been fortunate because we're spaced out it's not we're not just races we're not just trips we're not just training. So, um, yeah, our race got canceled and that sucked, but, um, but we also had people in our training community step up and donate to help other members that, you know, were struggling more and couldn't afford it. So we really didn't lose a whole lot on the training. And so, um, you know, we've been pretty fortunate with, with the community side of it, that those people, um, really wanted to help to keep everyone together. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good. You bring it up. I want to kind of come back a little bit, but since you mentioned the COVID nineteen, I'll kind of just dive into that a little bit. So it sounds like you know, since you were to kind of diversified in all these different areas, it hasn't hit you as much as you know some businesses are struggling out there. Uh, I'm assuming you might have suffered a little bit, but you know, like what kind of impact has it had on your business? I mean, the um, not being able to do the Texas Switchback was significant. That's our biggest race. Um, and, but fortunately, you know, we had about a hundred people signed up and usually we, you know, I was thinking we were going to get, you know, between five and 600 this year. Um, and, but we had already, you know, purchased everything for that race. So, so fortunately I did not, um, put dates on those things. So I was just able to, um, put everything on pause and, you know, hold everything for next year. And so I, you know, most people were cool and they let, they let us switch to the next year's race or to our other race. Um, so, so didn't lose a whole lot of that. Um, but, but really we just saw some people struggling and that, you know, couldn't, that they really needed that money. So we either had to refund, we just decided to refund, Mm -hmm. um, their race entries. And then we had same thing with people in the group, but then once some folks stepped up to help, um, keep them involved and keep them running, you know, we really only lost one or two people that just were committed that they, needed some time away. And so, because we had also shifted to virtual, um, runs during the week, you know, I really had to figure out how to make, um, how to make things relevant and how to keep people engaged. And so, um, we started doing different challenges during the weeks, um, between our tribe. So trail roots has, um, you know, if you think of it, like, I know some people might might not like to think of it as a church, but, um, in this aspect, you know, you have small groups within the whole community. And so we have, you know, seven or eight small, 
small tribes within our trail routes community. And those are based off of, mostly it's become off of pace now, but because that's the goal is to have people to be able to run together. Um, but it also has to do with what part of town they live in. So it's easier to get together for a weekend run. And so we just kind of emphasized running together with your tribe right now um, for your trail runs, because we didn't want to put, you know, I don't want to put 40 people on a trail at once together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's probably doesn't fall within the, uh, the law of 10 people. Yeah. The law of COVID. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Um, so really it's just been about, you know, me figuring out how to manage home life too, and taking care of my son. Now, you know, he was in daycare full time and, um, which I always struggled with because I, I wanted, I wanted to be involved in his life, but I also realized like it's tough, like taking care of your kids. And mm-hmm. <laughs> especially I, I thought that's how I was going to, when we had my son, I thought that's how it was going to be. I was going to just work from home and take care of him. And once I started that, it was a nightmare. And, um, you know, the daycare, I was, it, it was a really good thing. And so, but now it's been me, um, you know, taking, he's, he's looking for me right now. Yeah, but I, have a, I have a glass <laughs> door in my office, but you know, he was, um, it was tough. I was nervous for a while and I really came to terms with it and if I have enjoyed taking care of him and spending time with him right now and then getting, um, you know, in the afternoon is when I can get some work done. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah that's cool. Balance. Yeah. And it's been, inter- it's been really interesting to see the way people's lives have shifted during this you know, coronavirus stuff. I know for me personally, it's like, I'm spending more time, you know, our mornings are just slower paced now. It's like, I'm spending, I've always eaten breakfast with the family in the morning, but now I'm spending even, you know, more time just taking, taking it a little bit easier, not worrying so much about having to rush into the office and, you know, and get work done. Cause at the end of the day, it's, I've found it, I mean, no, it's not like I'm going to get that much more done by being in here 30 minutes earlier, you know? Well, yeah. And I think you trade off you know, you look at the value of the time you spend with your family. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think about before, you know, it was always a rush to get him to daycare. It was a, then a rush to get to work. And I just felt some general anxiety all the time. And that's, you know, I still stress out about, oh, do I feel sick this week? Do I think I have COVID? And I get in my head a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But in general, like I found that as hard as it is being with him, it's still, I wouldn't trade it for I would rather it be this way right now. And it's just kind of forced me and a lot of people to have to slow down and um, just kind of be with what is right now. And, and I think that is, um, it's been a blessing in disguise for me. And, you know, as, as difficult as this time is for a lot of people, um, you know, there's been some, some silver lining out of it. And I think, you know, this, you know, I just have a better relationship with him now. And, you know, I understand what he's saying. I understand, you know, what he wants. And it's not like we're strangers. So, oh, that's so, so cool. It's kind of like, uh, you know, it's just it's kind of how I'd hope things would, would turn out. And I'm, um, yeah, but it's, it's, I think we've gotten so focused on, you know, productivity and, um, you know, just like, I know you said your kids are homeschooled and I think that's awesome. You know, I would love to be able to do that. Um, so, but yeah, I think just, just taking a little more downtime to just enjoy coffee and sit on the patio with your kids or your family and, and, um, 
go for a walk or take them to the park, you know, stuff like that. I think it's been something we never would have done. And, and I've always told myself, okay, once we go to full-time daycare, I'm going to take off, you know, early on Friday to spend time with them. And I never did. It was always, I always find something to do. And I think Mm. being self-employed, that's going to happen. And you just have to figure out how to really, as my wife is saying, like just to, to set that time aside and commit to it. So. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's the one cool thing about being self-employed. You do get that. I mean, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. It's like you, you have the ability to do that, but at the same time, it's like you're running your business. Your income depends on, you and what you do, you know, and what you produce. So it's a, it's a struggle. I get it. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be more work to do. And, and so I recently just, um, started working with a company that does virtual assistant, uh, or as a, a company that, yeah, I guess it, does that make sense as a virtual assistant company. And, um, it's been pretty cool cause it's gotten me a little more organized and, you know, cause I said, this is, you know, when things get back to normal, I want to be able to take off on a Friday and go, hang out with my kid and take them to a park and not feel stressed out that I'm missing out on stuff that I should be doing. So, so yeah, I think if you set that time aside and commit to it, I think you can make it happen. So I hope that when things go back that I'm, you know, in a couple of months that that's where I'm at too. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so that whole virtual assistant thing, we might have to talk off after the call about that. Cause that's something I've been looking into myself. Um, but yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, but so, so what about your athletes? What have you, what kind of changes have you seen in their behavior with, um, you know, the COVID stuff going on? Are they, are you seeing people run more, run less about the same? Um, it kind of goes up and down. It's, I think it depends on, depends on the people, you know, I think, um, kind of the beginner runners are struggling a little bit because, um, they thrive. I mean, I think everyone in the group thrives off of the community, and so not necessarily having that has been tough. And that's why I kind of, what we did was we added um, a couple calls during the week on Zoom. So people could, you know, one was just a happy hour on Friday and then Tuesday night we would do a coaching call. So I talk about the workouts for the week and what was important and um, places where they could do the workouts, depending on what part of town they lived in. Um, and so that really helped. And I think, um, we also did some tribe challenges. So based off of, you know, who showed up, you know, you would get a point for each workout you showed up to for each time you did the trail run that we had highlighted for the week. Um, for each we do we're doing virtual strength workouts twice a week right now. So if you showed up to those, you get a point. And so it was just kind of a fun little challenge. And, um, we saw some folks really get motivated by that. And, um, and then we saw a lot of people that didn't typically engage as much during the weeks, as we were as a, um, a traditional group in person and that we saw more, some of those folks engage more, you know, virtually than they were in person. So that was kind of cool as well. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, cool. You know, I think now we're kind of seeing the struggle of we're having more COVID cases popping up. And so as we, we've started back some group runs during the week. Um, so some people are comfortable with it. Some people aren't. And we're trying to man- like navigate what things we still keep virtually and what things we do in person and how to take care of both um, the people that aren't showing up and the people that are showing up to the run so that everyone feels connected. And um, so that's kind of what we're working on right now. I've seen, you know, people are starting to schedule some vacation time. Um, Maybe they're going to drive to Colorado or they're going to go see family. And so um, 
I think people are struggling a bit right now just because um, I think people were hoping this was going to be a, you know, well, I think when it first happened, nobody thought it was going to be this long. And then oh yeah, when we started opening up here in Texas, people were eager and um, to just jump out there. And now that it's kind of gotten worse, people are, I think it's coming back to bite back us. <laughs> and there's a little more um, anxiety and when am I going to race again? What races are going to be available? What's the point of training? And so, so I kind of, I talk a little bit about that in my podcast as well, about how to, how to navigate that and some things you can do to really, um, you know, just get through that because I think we're always looking for, um, certainty in our lives. Um, when in fact we really have little of it. Um, and so I think that's like, we're always trying to find, um, balance and certainty and like, um, you know, we, things that we know the outcome and now there's, um, there's less of that and we have to, to kind of just take what's in front of us and, um, for what it's, for what we have and, and use it to the best of our ability. And so I think maybe it's a different, maybe you change it up. Like right now we're doing shorter track type, um, workouts, you know, and we don't really do that in the summertime. Typically it's, it's a time to just run easy mileage. And I felt that people needed some, some short-term goals, so I said, let's, let's spend eight weeks training for the mile and let's see, you know, how much you improve from, from when we did a time trial at the beginning of COVID to after we put eight weeks of training in towards it, we do some shorter workouts. And, um, and then as you know, then we don't have to actually spend the whole summer training and the real long runs in the heat too. So, mm-hmm, so I think there's yeah. a couple of benefits to it and, um, it's just some variety to your training as well. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. Yeah. I've been, yeah, I've been up and I've been up and down in my training since COVID started. Just, I mean, there's, there's times where I feel motivated. There's times I don't. So yeah, it's just important. I think, I think it's important. Like you said, you know, we we're not guaranteed this certainty and, you know, some people want it though, but you know, you just gotta, you know, make the best of it really. Yeah. I think we're all naturally, we all want that. We all want, um, you know, we want more cushion, you know, we want more padding so we feel comfortable, um, but, um, you know, in reality, we don't know what's going to be around, what's going to happen tomorrow. And we think we know we have like our, everything's planned out, but, but now there's so much more free time and, you know, people aren't traveling. People don't have, we're not so busy. Less commitments. Yeah. It's like, oh man, what, you know, someone asks you what you're doing this week and you're like, nothing every, every weekend you're doing yeah. nothing. So, oh yeah. It's like, in, like and well, it's. Yeah, I think I went, I mean, we went and spent from, I don't know, I think we used to spend like $250 a month in gasoline. Now we're spending like $100 because we're literally going nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's crazy. We've, yeah. So we had a car, my wife, we've got a car last summer, um, like in one year, we put less than 5,000 miles on it. So oh, it's, it's, like, it's crazy. Not Man. It's not a lot. Cool. So, so let's talk a little bit more just about like coaching itself. Um, so like, so for you as a coach, um, you know, in a business owner here, what, what does a typical day look like for you? Cause I know when a lot of people hear a running coach, they think, Oh, all they do is run all day and, you know, and talk to clients. Is, is that the case? Is that what it looks like? Or is there a lot more to it? Um, you know, one thing I've been working on is when I started trail roots, it was, it seemed to like revolve around me and, and over the years I'm trying to, to make it something that is more about the community and have other coaches involved. Um, sorry, well, 
little Wyatt's crying back there. Oh, he just fell down. So, oh no. Um, so yeah, part of it's taking care of my son when he falls down, but um, <laughs> typically it is, um, you know, I'll get up. So right now it's different, right? Right now, you know, it's balancing time with letting my like not lighting balancing time between my wife's runs and my runs and, and then my, our, me coaching and she started coaching for us as well too. Um, so, so she'll coach some days, I'll coach some days. And then I've been doing stroller runs with Wyatt, you know, most days. And so I'll wait till she gets home and she starts work at eight. And so we'll have breakfast or, um, and then we'll go for a, a run and, you know, it, the runs with him take so much more time because he's throwing his toys out he wants to <laughs> he wants me to put on barney and i typically you know the runs will be like 70 to 80 to 90 minutes and so after about 50 minutes he's just frustrated and wants to get out so so that's when i pull out the barney on the phone and let him watch it but um <laughs> yeah yeah but you know a typical day is like um i would um get up get him ready for school we take him to daycare. Then I would come home, go for my run or work out depending on the time of year. And then, and then I'll start work around 10 o'clock. And so that's, um, either working on, you know, I'll start planning for the trail race, um, managing all that, you know, getting everything lined up for it and then working on people's schedules, you know, so we have, if I have 25 to 30 people I'm coaching a month. So, that means I have 25 to 30 calls, um, lined up. And some of those people we have, you know, by, um, you know, we have calls every other week. Is that bi-monthly? No, that's bi-weekly. So, um, and, and then just going through and making sure everyone's taken care of. And then also doing like outreach, you know, for folks that have reached out and wanted to try the group out or trying to develop some partnerships with, um, people around town so we can continue to, to network and grow and have, um, and really find other businesses that align with us. Um, so, so yeah. And then we'll have our, our, you know, and we have a couple of workouts in the evening during the week and then we have some early morning ones. So just leading those and, um, kind of trying to get some pictures and, um, talk to people about their workouts and, you know, promote those things. And, um, usually after our Tuesday night runs, we'll sit down and, um, one of the tribes is, is assigned a snacks to the snack duty. So each, each week, a different tribe will bring snacks after the run. And so we just hang out and talk for a little bit. Oh, cool. And, um, and so just little things like that, that are fun. And, you know, we have a, each tribe has a monthly happy hour or each tribe plans a happy hour, um, once or twice a year. So, so we do that and we, um, you know, and then on Saturday, it's just getting out there on the trail we usually start at 7 a.m. between 6 and 7. Some people start early. So we go mark the trail and then um, come back at 7 and tell everyone about the route. And then that's really kind of the highlight of the week. Everyone takes off and runs. And, and then we go to get tacos afterwards. And um, then I'm home for, you know, half day on on Saturday after the run. And Sunday's the, the road run where we, we meet downtown at Lucky Dog um the running store at a bicycle sports shop and we do our long run from there um and that's a road run so so yeah i mean it's there's a lot i work on whether it's um kind of lining up stuff for the trips for the races 
um, people's training plans. And, and to be honest, like during this, the last couple of weeks, it was been, I've been working a lot less because I've just been kind of doing the things that I felt like I needed to make sure people were taken care of, but the other stuff was kind of falling behind. And that's why I started, um, working with a virtual assistant to help really keep me organized. And, um, and, you know, we're also doing what we learned about virtual coaching is that it, um, it can be really effective at doing these virtual runs was something I never thought I would do. Um, I always kind of thought they were cheesy. Mm -hmm. Um, but when we were forced to do it, I realized how much, um, you know, people can get engaged. And by following this kind of model that we were using, I think we can, we can grow from that and connect with more people and offer these services to, to people all over the country and the world. And, um, so that's something else that we're kind of working on too. So that's kind of exciting. Oh, that's very cool. And so, so is, uh, I'm assuming most of your customer, or not customers, client, whatever you want, do you call them customers, clients, or does it really matter? They're all my friends. Um, <laughs> the friends. So some of them are, and then they're like, I feel like I got to pay you to be my friend. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, I, I just, they're, I call them runners. They're our runners. Yeah. yeah. So, so are, are most of them out of Austin or do you got any, um, out of state clients you work yeah, with as well? Most are here in Austin. Um, some are in like Round Rock and Georgetown and Colleen and some are in, um, you know, San Marcos and in Kyle. Surrounding areas. Yeah. Yeah. And we have cool. some online, um, you know, San Francisco and, um, Colorado and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. So how, so how much of your business growth is word of mouth versus just like your website? Cause one thing I noticed about your website, you have so much on there about just all the different trails in Austin. Like you have really good, like Google rankings for like pretty much any trail in Austin. Um, your site comes up and you know, stuff like if you search trail running Austin, your, your site comes up. So, um, how, yeah. how has that impacted the growth of your business versus like just straight word of mouth? It's it, um, you know, it started all word of mouth. And then, um, when I, my brother helped me build our initial website and then he was like, recommended me doing blogs. And so I thought doing trail routes would be pretty cool. Um, you know, just to give a little bio and, and now that we've been using Strava, now we have a Strava link on there to the route. And so that's really helpful. Um, so I get, you know, typically now it'll be, it's kind of like, this is one thing I haven't been good at until recently is starting to, to chart, you know, how people hear about us, but I do see like, you know, a lot of times now it's in a Google search, um, or they'll see something on Instagram and then they'll look us up. Um, so that's kind of, I think it's probably 50% that, and then 50% of people, um, just referral or word of mouth from someone in the group. But, um, a lot of times I, I think we've kind of hit a point to where the people that are in the group have already sent us all their friends that are interested in running. So, Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe they meet someone new, maybe they, um, they talk to someone at a race and that's where they'll really, um, um, get someone's interest in the group. But, you know, we've done a good job, I think with the website and, um, my brother's really helped me, um, keep it clean. And we've just redid it uh, a year and a half ago and added some video, but, um, but yeah, doing those trail routes. And I just added a bunch cause we did a, one of the challenges were, was for the group to find new trails and then basically they just went and did all this work for me. So I didn't have to go do oh, it, cool. but, um, nice. 
and it was cool because I found out there's all these other routes that we don't use that we could, you know, we could be running at during the weekends. So, um, so yeah, so, so I think, you know, to be honest, I don't know the true numbers, but from what I've been seeing recently, like a lot of times I'll see, um, you know, it's from a Google search or someone new moving to town and just looking up trails in Austin. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, we're fortunate for that. And then, you know, some people knew me from Rogue or they've seen me, you know, out at the runs and then they just know me from, or they know our group now from the community, just of being a runner and they'll try, you know, they'll just, maybe they run with one group for a while and then they they want to try trail running. And, and we kind of have, because of our name and, you know, our image is trail running. And even though we're um, closer to, we do more road runs than we do trail runs, like trail running is our kind of where our heart's at. But, um, and so when people are really interested in trail running, they tend to, to gravitate towards trail routes. So cool. Very cool. And, and so, and in terms of coaching, so what, what sort of runners can benefit from coaching? Is this something that only kind of elite type runners are going to benefit from, or can just the beginner first getting into running benefit from like a coaching program? Yeah, I think it's, I think, you know, to me, it's like a a counselor or a therapist. I think everyone would benefit from it. Um, And it's just take something off your plate, you know, that maybe, you know, I think any, I I try to do it too. Like I'll go swimming and I don't know a whole lot about swimming. And so I just do the same thing every day. You know, when I swim, I'll just do the same amount. Maybe I'll try to go a little bit further one, one day. Um, But basically it's the same thing. And I don't see a whole lot of improvement. And so, when I, you know, with running, you get someone that knows what they're doing. You get, um, a coach that has experience. And so, so I think for beginners, it's important because it, it helps you, um, navigate how to build up your mileage and how to, um, set realistic expectations and, and goals. And then, and then you just have someone kind of helping you and watching over you as you do that. And so it's a little bit of it, a little bit of it as accountability and, um, you know, I think people benefit from that and just, yes, you have to have goals and drive. Um, but just having someone to check in with, you know, um, to give you feedback and advice is helpful. And then, and then, you know, like someone that wants to train for an ultra or someone that wants to train for, to qualify for Boston, you know, we've had people come in that that's their goal. And so we spend, you know, two years or maybe it's a year, maybe it's two years, maybe it's three years, um, for them to get to that point. And so it's just, um, we kind of take everything into account. It's kind of a more holistic approach and look at, you know, we don't necessarily write nutrition plans, but we talk about those things. We talk about issues that's going on in their life. You know, what, um, challenges are they, you know, are they dealing with? Because those things affect, um, how you're going to sleep, how you're going to run, how you're going to feel. And, um, so, so I see it pretty much on the, I mean, I, I'm not a, counselor or therapist, but we do talk about a lot of similar things and some of these calls. And so, and I'm just, and I'll reach out and I'll ask some of those questions that make people uncomfortable. Um, you know, maybe they have a drinking problem. Like, Hey man, how much are you drinking? You know, maybe you mm-hmm. think about cutting back, think about some balance, you know? Um, and so I just, I'm not necessarily afraid to, to say things that might make some people uncomfortable or, Oh, that's not my place to say, you know, I just, it's kind of like, I'm looking out for them as a, as a person as well, you know, not just 
what's gonna you know it's not like you know i don't want them to die doing this so yeah yeah totally <laughs> yeah. Um, and i want them to be happy and it's like hey look put this all into perspective look at where you were two years ago look at how far you've come and um you know make sure you measure those achievements because it's once you get going and you keep improving you know it it's easy to forget about um how far you've come you know because we tend to be kind of pessimist and we're just thinking about how we're not where we want to be instead of, man, look at how far I've come along here. And so, mm, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it, but yeah. Yeah. But I, and I, I think, like what you, know, you, Oh, go ahead. I, say, I like what you just said there about forgetting, like forgetting about how far you've come. Cause like, that's one thing I've struggled with recently. Cause I've struggled with been struggling with injuries for a couple of years now. And like, but just recently have been seeing some improvements and like, and still get discouraged cause I'm not where I want to be. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know, this time a year ago, all I was doing was walking. And so like, you know, I've actually come quite a ways. So, and like you said, the accountability aspect of that too, and having that coach that helps remind you, Hey, look, this is where you were. This is where you are now. I think that's pretty awesome. Right. It just kind of slows things down and, and just helps you remember because, you know, I do the same thing and I'm always, you know, I tend to focus on what I'm missing and lacking rather than, um, the improvements and what I have. And so it's just, just, I have a coach, you know, I've worked with a coach before and, and when I'm doing my, um, kind of focused training, I work with a coach and it's really helpful. And a lot of times it's just him calming me down and being like, look, you're fine. You're doing great. And it's, it's not always rocket science. It's not like I have a secret plan, um, that no other, no one else knows about. And, um, it's just kind of fine tuning it to each person and what they need. Oh, that's cool. And, and so, and so what can people expect when they enter a coaching program, um, for the first time? Um, so, you know, across the spectrum, you're going to, depending on who you go to, you know, there's all kinds of, um, I can only speak to what, what I would do. And so, so when someone comes in with the trail routes, you know, I, I send, uh, um, sometimes people don't know if they want coaching, you know, so I talk about what their goals are and, and you know what we can get off their plate for them um and so so what i do is i use um training peaks to build their training plan and um you know it's a gradual build up we talk about goals you know so we'll have an initial we'll have an initial um consultation phone call and just talk about kind of where they're at in life you know and why did they join what do they want to get out of it um how can we help and um and kind of work from there you know obviously I look at kind of where their base fitness is at and then what we need to do to get up to the level where they need to be to, to reach these goals. And so, so we just kind of lay out a timeline and I try to be realistic and just say, this is probably about the time frame it's going to take. And, you know, some people, um, like I said, kind of relating it to counseling or therapy, it's like some people are going to go for, for six weeks or six months and that's it. And other people just, um, want that check-in and want that, um, um, accountability, you know, all the time. And so they'll, the time, yeah. they'll stick with it. Right. So it's just, yeah. and we have a lot more, I think you have a lot more people that do that than come in for a few months, you know, but sometimes people are like, Hey, this is my goal. And I got six months to get to it. Can you help me? And I'll say, you know, usually what I'll do, even if, if, so if I say like, I've had people that are like, um, like I'm going to do this race and I'll do it whether you help me or not. And that's not common, right? But 
But then I'm like, well, I can create you a plan, but it's not going to be, you know, obviously before you start signing up for things, I would talk to a coach. And Mm. if you're going to have a coach, you know, rather than trying to um, put these races out there and be like, can you coach me for these? So, so I think you just kind of line things up first with your coach so that you're on the same page. Um, And, and then, you know, when I create someone's plan, I expect them to follow it. You know, obviously if they're, things come up and they, and they, um, can't hit every run, but, um, you know, I see sometimes people just tend to do what they want. So then it doesn't always make sense to have a coach. So you have to be willing to listen and, um, adapt and, um, you know, it's, it's not, you know, just because you have a plan in front of you doesn't mean it's going to be easy. You know, there's still going to be significant challenges. You still have to do the work and, um, you know, but I just come back and try to remind people that, in the end, this also should still be fun. You know, it's not going to be fun every day, every run. It's going to be tough sometimes to get out of bed at five in the morning. Um, so, so kind of working through all those things. And then, um, you know, I typically tell people it's kind of six to eight weeks to get over the hump of feeling, you know, terrible. And, um, you know, especially if you're going from coming off of an injury or, you know, you have to start off a lot more gradual. Um, so, so just being patient and um, and just be realistic with your goals and make sure you, you know, I would make sure that when I'm working with someone that we're aligned with with the expectations and the goals that they have. So, so that's basically it. And then I check in with them every um, couple of weeks and at least once a month we have a call scheduled. And the people that are here in Austin, I see them at the run so I can um, check in in person. You know, yeah. And we have like, we have a Strava club. So, mm-hmm. so I see who's running when and where I, you know, I just get on there once a day and see who's doing what. So there's a lot of ways now that we can track what's going on. And when I, on training peaks, it, when they run it automatically uploads to that. So it, um, in, in training peaks for the people that know is a software you use to, um, analyze their data, right. Kind of like like you would see in your own Strava account, but with more details, right? Yeah. Training Pace, it's a coaching platform. So, um, so I put all the workouts, um, in the library and then I build the schedules off of that. And then, oh, okay. So you build the schedules um, in there too. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so it's, it's used commonly by triathletes. Um, but for a few years I did like Google calendar and, and then once I started using this, I realized how much time it saved to have, you know, pre-made workouts. And so I tend to train off of, um, off of people's aerobic threshold. And so, um, and that's typically, um, you know, they can go get that tested. And so if they really want to see, like typically some people know their, their threshold information, other people don't. And so we can kind of use a few weeks of training to see where they're at, but they can also go into like UT or somewhere and get a lactate threshold test. And then I can just plug in that information to the workouts and then it, 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 um, adjusts the workouts based off of their uh, measurements. So oh, very cool. pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, there's another random question I thought to ask you as you were talking. So do, do you ever feel like the, the business consultant who gives his clients advice and they never listen? Um, in the sense of like your runners not doing what you ask or you, or your runners pretty compliant. Um, no, there's both, you know, there's some people that, you know, we'll talk and we'll line everything up and you think they're like all set. And then you look a week later and they, 
you know, they haven't run a step. And so some people, it's just a struggle to get out of the door, you know, like mm. the new runners. And that's where the community, mm-hmm. the group runs really. And just pairing people up, I'll be like, hey, you're new. You just joined. And then, um, you know, Bob, we need you to run with with Jim because, you know, y'all are some more paces and he needs some kind of a run buddy right now. And so we'll put them in with the tribe. But then also just so they know who's showing up the next day. Um, it really helps them get out of the door and show oh, up. Nice. But I think um, – yeah, I mean, most people are really great, but you know, obviously, you have um, some people that you know will line up the schedule, and then they'll just, you know, once they start feeling good and they're running faster, then it's like hard to stop. So I have to try to. Some people I have to keep eyes on more because I know like once the train gets going, that might they're just going to keep going, they're going to keep speeding up, and they're not going to take those down weeks like they need to, and that just leads for you know, the train wreck. So, mm, yeah. You know, you feel like you're like, man, I felt so good last week. I just wanted to keep running. And, uh, and oh, I've been and, guilty of that. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks later, you're like, damn, man, I feel terrible. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, you know, and that's why we build in some recovery time to make sure that we keep people healthy. Cool. Awesome. So, so if people wanted to get involved with trail routes, what, what would be the best way for the get, get them get involved? So I guess you can speak from it from two points, like somebody who's local to Austin area and somebody who's not. Yeah. I mean, um, if you wanted to, if you want coaching then, or any, no matter what, you just hop on the website and there's a contact, um, page. You can, um, you can do that. You can message us on Facebook on trail routes or our Instagram is trail routes. Um, so, and then you just think about what you're really wanting to do. Um, you know, what excites you, what are some goals that maybe you're, um, you've had in the back of your mind, but you've been afraid to jump on, you know, I've had some people that are like all of a sudden have more time to run right now because they're not having to drive to work and they're not having to commute. And so, so they're like, man, maybe I will try to qualify for Boston and who knows when that's going to be, but that's something I'm going to do that I might not have the opportunity to do again. So, so yeah, just hop on the website and, um, or you can email Eric at trailroots.com. That's E R I K. Um, and it's roots in the ground, like R O O T S. But, um, but really that's, you know, that's it just, and then, and then if you're in Austin, I always encourage people to come to the group runs because, that's really powerful and um, the whole community side of it and meeting people. And, you know, that's one reason I started my podcast was because on these runs, I just would hear all these stories of um, people's different struggles and how they were, how running kind of helped them through it and, um, and kind of changed their lives in different ways. So, or enhanced what they were already doing. And so, you know, it's, that's something you don't, get every day and so when you're on a long run with someone in the trail everything changes everyone you know shares their stories and um it's a pretty unique thing we have so so yeah i think those are kind of the ways to get in touch with us and cool and so and for those local people so is you know i i'm i know you're like the ongoing group aspect has a fee associated but are people allowed to drop in for like kind of like a one-time thing just to see if they like it and want to continue on with it is that allowed so what we do is our, um, the first month is, um, is a hundred percent guarantee. So you just come out. Um, so you would sign up and then if you're, if it's something after your first month, you're not enjoying, then, then you can, you know, 
put it on pause and we'll give you a refund for that. So there's no real commitment on that end. And everything is monthly. Um, so you don't have to sign up for a long-term program. It's everything is month to month. Um, but yeah, right now we don't have like a drop in. If someone is traveling into town and they're like, you know, I've never charged people to just come for a run. It's something cool. kind of trying to navigate now. Like, Hey, does it make sense? Is it, I don't necessarily, um, I like people that are, um, part of it being, what makes the community unique is people showing up on a regular basis. And so, mm-hmm. um, but maybe it is, maybe it would be beneficial to have that so that maybe people want to come once a month and then maybe it entices them to come more often down the road, you know? So yeah, you never know. And plus, you know, I, the way I would kind of see it is even like a marketing standpoint, it's like, you know, the more they get to know you new, more, more they get to know you, the more likely they're going to want to work with you. Um, kind of like yeah. a, like a punch card type system or something. I don't know. Well, this, you know, we're looking at some new platforms to, to manage the group. And since we don't have a brick and mortar, it's, um, you know, it's like, am I going to show up with a hole puncher and like someone's going to show up with a card? Um, you know, it's kind of like, that's going to be a pain in the ass and it's hard to manage. So, so there's some virtual options we have that I'm looking at with some of these new platforms that people can actually go in and before the class, they have to sign up. And, um, so that'll help us track, um, which runners are showing up and then then the opportunity to offer that to someone outside like okay hey you want to so i was just saying yeah i think it's something we're looking at and with some of these new platforms it might be a lot easier to do well cool awesome well cool man it was good talking here um and so i got one thing i want to do to kind of close out this is going to be new you're going to be the first person i've done this with and it's going to be just a little lightning round just a few questions um and just give just brief short answers doesn't have to be that detailed at all um (laughs) But so the first one is how has your running changed since becoming a father? Um, I ran my fastest marathon last year, but, um, otherwise it's, it, you know, it has been, um, it was really hard at first and, Mm -hmm. and it took some time to come back around. So, um, sounds like I I did though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, so what's your favorite trail within 10 miles of your front door? 10 miles of my front door. Hmm. It can be rough. (laughs) I like, um, I mean, we run so many of these trails. Um, I think I like, uh, Steiner ranch trail. Steiner. Okay. Yeah. That's actually one I haven't checked out yet. It's on my list. Private trail. So we have to go with like one of our Uh, members that lives in the neighborhood. Um, but I'm, you know, it's, um, it has views over Lake Austin and, um, you know, another one similar is like Lakeway out there is really nice. Oh yeah. I love Lakeway. That's a great one. About 30 miles. (laughs) That's a little further out, but yeah. I live right by Bull Creek and that, um, connecting that with Forest Ridge and St. Ed's is a pretty nice little stretch too. It's just so hilly and windy. Like sometimes I'm just too lazy to deal with all that. So. I hear you. Okay. So what is your favorite trail running brand? Um, my favorite trail running brand is probably whatever someone, whatever the reps give me. So <laughs> whatever um, you got. Yep. I've, I've been running a lot. Um, I've had friends that worked at new balance. And so I've, I've been hooked up with a lot of their stuff. I, um, I'm trying to think in terms of, 
I think shoes, like people kind of go from traditional brands to, to trail brands have kind of merged a little bit. So you'll see a lot of people running in Nike trail shoes, New Balance and stuff like that. But, you know, Ultra and Hoka have been pretty popular. And um, I've, you know, when I ran that 50 mile out at um, Cactus Rose, when I put on Hoka's, they were kind of new. And that was like for the last 15 mile stretch, I felt like a whole new you know, runner when I put those on. So that was kind of cool. Cool. Awesome. So last question here, it's kind of a shameless plug as well. Um, since hemp daddies is a sponsor of the podcast, how has CBD benefited you as a runner? So I think it's, I, um, I've tried the cream I've tried, I've, I've recently been just using the, the drops and I, I take them every night before I go to bed and it's been, um, I've dealt with anxiety since 2009 or six. I don't remember. No, yeah. 2009 or 10. And so it's been a good, um, I think it's been a more natural way. I was on antidepressants for like a year or, and I kind of like anti-anxiety and I depressed and I think it's the same thing, but, um, I didn't feel depressed, but I think what I like about, um, the CBD oil is that, you know, I know what it is for the most part. And, um, you know, sometimes I'm like, is this really going to help me sleep or is it just, um, you know, a placebo effect? Mm-hmm. And, um, I typically feel a little bit more relaxed and I've noticed I've been sleeping a little bit better. So, so I think, you know, for me it's worth it. And, um, and I don't feel like if I feel really anxious and I have to take, you know, every now and then like, when I would fly or get overwhelmed and like having a panic attack or something, I'd have to take a Xanax. And so, so now I'll just, you know, obviously there's things I can do like working on my breathing and where my thoughts at, but sometimes you're just spiraling out. And so every now and then if I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed, I'll just take a little bit of CBD and, um, and even like with my coffee in the morning, I wanted, I, I was bummed cause I couldn't drink coffee cause I would get anxious afterwards and it was just like the routine i like so now i'll take um some cbd with my coffee and it kind of helps balance it out um and so yeah those are the things i think um it's helped me with um and then in terms of like if i do have an injury i have some cream um some cbd cream and i will um i'll rub it on there and um you know typically my the things i've been doing with are kind of some chronic injuries so um it doesn't, it's not like it's going to help. It, it's not like it's going to go away, but it just is kind of a pain relief. Mm-hmm. So, cool. so yeah, yeah, man, I've loved, loved using your products and, um, appreciate being an ambassador for them. Awesome. You bet. All right. And lastly, um, what's the website people can go to, to find out more about trail roots and what's the name of your podcast too. So people can look that up. Um, uh, my podcast is called run for your life run for your life actually <laughs> with Eric, and, you got to make sure you look for the one with Eric Stanley. Cause I think there's a couple on there. Yeah. Yeah, there are. Um, and, um, the other, Oh yeah. Trailroots.com is our website. And so, yeah, I would love to, to talk to anyone about coaching or group runs and, or virtual training. If you don't live in Austin, we have all the, all the options. Cool. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Eric. I appreciate your time today. Thank you, Caleb. I really appreciate you having me on. All right, you bet. 
All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Eric Stanley of Trail Roots. And be sure to go over to our website, thattrailrunningpodcast.com. Sign up for our email list. That way you can get notified when we um, publish new episodes. And also, if you're interested in being on the show, if you're in the trail running industry yourself, or if you know of a brand that you would like to hear us interview, please don't hesitate to reach out to us and let us know. I would love to hear from you. And also, be sure to check out our sponsor, HempDaddies.com. That's just H-E-M-P. D-A-D-D-Y-S.com and use coupon code T-T-R-P for 15% off your first order. Anyway, hope you guys have a great day and thanks for listening.